I'm pulling on my driveway. We all know what that means. It's time for the drive to work. Okay, so yesterday, my time, um, Brian David Marshall announced that he was retiring from coverage. So I thought I would do a whole podcast on Brian David Marshall. So some of you uh, know exactly who I'm talking about. Some of you have no idea who I'm talking about. So part of my goal today is to explain who Brian is, what impact he's had on magic, and uh, talk a little bit about you know, just all the many different ways he, he, he's impacted magic. Now, I should stress that Brian's not dying or anything. He's just stopping doing coverage. I'm sure we'll see more of Brian. I, I, he will continue to do magic-related things. I, I don't think uh, we're going to get rid of him from uh, being part of magic. But uh, he is moving on from coverage. So that is what prompted today. So, um, so for those that do not know who Brian is, he right now uh, is the magic historian... He's had a, a role for many years where it's his job to sort of mark history. Um, at the uh, Hall of Fame induction, he always leads the Hall of Fame induction. Uh, usually there's interviews with people talking about people being inducted. Um, and he does a lot with sort of helping retain the, the history of magic. As a fellow magic historian, I, I, I uh, have great um, appreciation of that. Um, the other thing is he obviously he does a lot of coverage. Uh, if you ever watch uh, the Pro Tour, now the Mythic Championship, uh, you'll see him there. He's been a staple for a long, long time. Um, I'll get into that as I, I walk through today. But anyway, that is who Brian is, people who don't know. So the interesting question for me is, when was the first time I met Brian David Marshall? That was I was trying to figure out. Um, like today on Twitter, um, Gavin Verhe posted a, a, a very nice thread talking about all the influence he had had with Brian David Marshall when he was young. Um, but the thing is, when Brian, I'm not saying when Gavin was young, Brian was a known quantity, and you know he remembered meeting Brian David Marshall because it was Brian David Marshall, right? Um, my problem is I kind of first met him before you know people sort of knew who he was, at least outside of New York, um, and so I was, so I think I think I figured out the first time we met. Um, so there was an event in New York called the Gathering which was a pre-release event for Homelands. Now, I've done an entire podcast on The Gathering. It was worthy of a whole podcast. It's a, it's a crazy event. Um, so if you want to know more about The Gathering, I, I did a podcast on it. Um, but anyway, we were in the city of New York. And so one night, uh, basically, I'm, I'm hanging out with the R&D folk. We're like, oh, we're going to go to neutral ground. Okay, so for those who don't know, for many, many years in New York City, there was a game store called Neutral Ground. And it was like, it was in the city, and it was kind of like the place to be if you were a Magic player. Um, and Neutral Ground was known as a lot of the early big tournaments. Some of the earliest sort of tournaments of any size were run by Neutral Ground. Um, in fact, when Scaff and I were sort of plotting out the Pro Tour, I know that um, we looked a bunch at some of the stuff that Neutral Ground had done. Uh, and so we were well aware of neutral ground as a thing. And so we were in New York and we're like, oh, we got to go to neutral ground. So what does neutral ground have to do with Brian David Marshall? Uh, Brian uh, co-founded, uh, he and his partner founded neutral ground. Uh, and so I believe the first time I ever met Brian um, is when, the, when R&D showed up at neutral ground. Um, we went to this, like I remember it was in the middle I don't even remember where it was. Somewhere in the middle of Manhattan. And we had to take this rickety elevator up many, many floors. Um, and we, it opened up. And the whole floor, I, if I remember correctly, was this game store. Like, the game store filled up the floor. Um, 
and there were just lots of tables and people playing. Um, and at the time, um, the idea of a game store with this much space dedicated to, to play was a, an anomaly. That was, I mean, now it's kind of the, you know, now like you want to have a game store. Well, of course you have play area. That's just a given. Well, you would not have play area. Back in the day, um, that's not really, I mean, when, when Magic first came out, most game stores did not have areas to play. I, I'm not saying none did, but it wasn't the norm that it is today. Um, and, and not only did Neutral Ground have some place to play, the vast majority of what they had. I mean, they definitely had shelves and games. I mean, it, was, it still was a store. Um, but they had a huge amount of, of, of space for play, which was very untraditional at the time. Um, and so anyway, I remember we went and we had a blast. It was, I had, I had heard of Neutral Ground, um, but, uh, and if I remember correctly, uh, we were greeted, I believe, by Brian, um, and that is the first time I met, I met Brian David Marshall, was at Neutral Ground. Um, and like I said, the, my, my earliest connections with him was more as, right, as a store owner and as someone who ran events. Um, and then, I try, I try and remember the transition here, um, so then we started doing the Pro Tour. Um, and the very first Pro Tour was in New York City, PT1. And once again, I did a podcast all about PT1. That was a crazy pod, uh, crazy Pro Tour. Um, and I believe that's, I think the second time, I think, this is, this is stretching back many, many years. I think the second time I met Brian was at PT1, I think. Um, and what happened was... Um, at some point, Brian started getting involved in the Pro Tour, and I believe he started originally as a reporter. So going back in the early days of Magic, um, there wasn't... The only video we did was on the final day, and was at, like the, the quarter semis and finals we would put, we would videotape. Uh, and people who were there, we'd stream it live. I mean, not stream it. We would um, air it. So people who were live at the event could watch the video. Um, but there was no streaming back then. That wasn't a thing yet. Um, so the only way to watch the only way to watch a um, pro tour was being at the pro tour. Um, we did tape them, although not not all those tapes over the years. Uh, some of those tapes have disappeared. But we we taped them all, and some of them you can still watch on tape. But uh, you didn't. Um, a lot of our coverage online, or almost, sorry, all of our coverage online was written coverage. Um, and so feature matches started super early. Um, I think I did the first feature matches not at PT1. Uh, at PT2, I did this thing where I said, hey, these are matches to watch out for. And I, I, get, I listed table numbers. And I think it was a third PT where we actually moved them to a location where people could watch, if I remember correctly. Um, yeah, before it was the feature matches. Uh, PT2 is called the Rosewater's Picks. Um, anyway, uh, the, uh, and so Brian was one of the reporters that would uh, cover feature matches. That, that is the earliest place I remember Brian, uh, as far as you know, working at the Pro Tour. Um, uh, and the other thing I remember is that Brian has always had a great love for drafting. Um, I don't, I, I don't, I mean, my assumption is Brian must also play some constructed, but I know him as a drafter, that he just loved, loved drafting. Um, and I remember uh, after the Pro Tour was over, at night, uh, the staff would usually, we would we'd do drafts, because we'd worked all day long. 
Uh, and I remember a lot of my earliest memories of Brian is playing drafts against Brian after hours at the Pro Tour. Um, and he really had a passion. I mean, he still does. I mean, I, I think of, of the aspects of Magic, the one that Brian really, really sinks his teeth into is drafting. He loves drafting. Um, and he, he was always, you know, whenever someone wanted to do a draft after hours, he was always game to do that. Um, and so I remember Brian um, doing coverage, playing with Brian late night. Okay, so now I'm trying to get to the next thing. So I went to the Pro Tours for the first eight years of the Pro Tour. Um, and, uh, and then eventually, uh, when my kids, were my twins were born, I, I struck a deal with my wife that I would travel less. And so I gave up the Pro Tour. So I stopped going. I continued to go to Worlds for a lot of years, um, but I didn't go to all the... You know, there's a period where I went to every Pro Tour. I was in charge of the feature match area, and then I did uh, on the. I was in charge of the production of the video on the final day. Um, and if I remember correctly, I think we occasionally used Brian to do spotting. I think. Um, but anyway, Brian was, became a staple on the on the on the Pro Tour, um, and he mostly at the time was doing a lot of coverage. Um, but he wasn't yet the, uh, so part of my job as, um, part of my job as the guy who did the video on the final day was to, um, make sure that all the video was going smoothly. Um, and at some point, I'm trying to remember, at some point we started using Brian to do commentary. Um, Randy Bueller and Brian and BDM, as he's known, um, became a team. And they they became one of the real big teams. Like, if you, if you talk about sort of classic magic um, announcing teams, they, they were, there was a period of time where they just, they did it all, you know. Um, now that we do sort of um, coverage, constant coverage, all day long of all the Pro Tours, um, there's a lot more mixing things up. You know, there, there's multiple people in the booth. Uh, but back when we did just one day and just the quarters, the semis, and the finals, we tended to have just one pair of people doing it. Um, and so the tail end of me being on the Pro Tour was Brian and uh, Randy um, doing commentary and me producing. So the way it would work is we would be in the booth, uh, they, would, they would be on you know, doing the commentary, and then I'd be off to the side, I would be talking with the director... Like, I would say to the director where the game was going or where we wanted to go to next. Um, or if there's something important, like, magic-wise, that the director might not have understood. Because our director, while being a very good director, a guy named Bruce, um, his magic knowledge was not as, as, as high as, as the rest of us, you know, in the booth. Because um, he, he, he had, over the years, learned magic and got better at it. But, I mean, we, a lot of times if something weird was happening, we'd be like, oh, oh, be aware, this thing's going to happen, it's in his hand, stuff like that. We would, I would tell Bruce... Um, sort of give him warning of things that might be upcoming. The other thing I used to do is I would give notes to the commentators and that one of my jobs was um, whenever there was sort of history to do, um, I was really big on the history and so I would, I would write down stats. And I, sometimes, sometimes I would do the stats ahead of time and some on the, on the wing, like on the fly, as things would happen, I'd go, oh, oh, this is the... First time this has happened, or the second time this is you know, and, and I would pass notes to Brian and to Randy, um, and Brian shared my love of of Pro Tour history. I, I, obviously, you'll see where I'm going. Um, and 
oftentimes he would beat me to the punch. Like I would remember little notes, and before I would give it to Brian, he he would say the note. Um, and you know, one of the things that that I really got into during my time because I went to all the pro tours and I was very invested in. Um, I, I did a lot of early coverage stuff and a lot of you know um, sideboard and stuff. Like, uh, I, 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 at the time I was early on, I was editing the Cthulhu and stuff, and so I, I had a lot of coverage stuff that I did. Um, and so I was just always fascinated with the Pro Tour. As I sort of moved away and stopped going to all the Pro Tours, I kind of the baton got passed to Brian uh, to sort of pick up as as being the historian. And at some point, we have we became official. Like we, he officially became the historian. I think that happened when the Hall of Fame got made, if I remember correctly. Um, we decided it was the 10 year anniversary of the Pro Tour. And we decided to honor that we start our Pro Tour Hall of Fame. And the idea was, in order to be inducted in the Hall of Fame, you had to have been playing Magic Pro, pro Magic for ten years, uh, and then you had to have like a certain number of Pro points. And you, there was a, um, and then uh, there was a group of people that would vote on you. Early on, the the, the Pro players had some votes, and the other people had some votes. Anyway, it, it changed over the years how we did the voting. Um, but I believe when the Pro Tour Hall of Fame started. I think that's when Brian officially became the Pro Tour historian, um, as an official title. Like, it didn't exist. I mean, I, I talked about the early days. I did a lot of that function, but it wasn't. There's was no job. It just things I did. Um, and Brian officially took the role. Uh, and so one of Brian's jobs was um, whenever for he he d- did all the inductions for the Hall of Fame. He did all the the interviews. Like one of the things for those that have probably never seen a Hall of Fame induction. Um, Brian would be kind of the MC, and then for each person, he put together a video segment about that person. And what that would be is he would go, usually he would come out to Seattle, um, and between pro tours and, and visiting Seattle, um, so he'd interview pro players at the pro tour, interview Wizards people when he came out to Wizards, he would put together a segment on each person, and then the segment would vary, but usually five to ten minutes. And it was just people talking about the person and sharing stories and you know, just giving, giving some context of the role this person played. Um, and Brian did a great job of that. And um, I think what happened was um, one of the things that people realized was Brian did such a good job of interviewing people that eventually, um, as the Pro Tour coverage expanded, as Pro Tour coverage went beyond just doing the finals, um, they needed more and more, they needed to sort of spread people out more. And well, Brian still did some coverage. I think Brian really enjoyed interviewing people. Um, that now, also going on, and this goes back to the early days. Brian and um, um, uh, Mike Flores uh, had started a podcast. Um, what was it called? Top Eight Magic, uh, and they had many, many, many years ago. And they one of the, one of the earliest podcasts on magic. Um, I don't know the history of podcasting well enough, but it was one. It goes back to one of the early ones, and um, they really enjoyed a lot talking all about sort of magic and the Pro Tour, and you know, like Brian's sort of um, fascination with the Pro Tour uh, goes way back. And um, so, one of the things that you, we watched Brian transition over the years is um, he started doing less on-air cover, like um, commentary, and started doing more sort of interviewing and he was just really really good at it um and so it was 
you know, Brian, I think most people now that know Brian know him more from his interviews at the Pro Tour than necessarily his commentary, though. If, if you've watched for any length of time, you've seen Brian do commentary. Um, yeah, one of the things that's always interesting is um, I see Brian, like back when I used to go to the Pro Tour all the time, I saw him all the time. Um, but now, you know, I go to maybe, I go to Pro Tour every once in a while. Um, you know, my, my travel has, has cut way back. So normally nowadays I'll see Brian in the office. Um, he comes out at least once a year in his Pro Tour historian job to do interviews and stuff. Um, often when he's out, we will often test things on him. Um, Brian has a really good, I mean, he's just been playing Magic a long time and, and he really sort of has a good sense of the audience. And so we love testing things with Brian and we'll, we'll show him stuff. He's under NDA, obviously. And um, he's someone who we can always give sort of feedback. Uh, he loves drafting. So um, normally when he's in, we'll, we'll let him draft the latest thing to get some feedback on what he thinks about it. Um, his notes are always really good. Um, yeah, I mean, one of the things that's interesting is the, uh, one, one of my big beliefs, uh, is I would love to see the Pro Tour Hall of Fame one day become the Magic Hall of Fame. Um, while, while I believe the Pro Tour definitely deserves sort of its own wing, uh, I believe that it wants to be a little bit bigger than that. I, I believe that there's a lot of people that have, have a lot of, in- now Brian, one could argue that Brian deserves a spot in the Pro Tour Hall of Fame. Uh, from the, the coverage side of things. And in fact, he does. Um, uh, but I also, I, there's a lot of other contributions that he did. And I think a lot of people, um, I don't know if the average person knows, for example, his history with, uh, you know, neutral ground and organized play. And a, a lot of the, there's a lot of groundbreaking stuff he did very early on um, that influenced how stores function, how organized play functioned. Um, you know, there was stuff that we did in Wizards programs that was influenced by some of the stuff that Neutral Ground did. Um, like I said, when Scaff and I were planning early stuff, we were very conscious of Neutral Ground, and that had a lot of influence. Um, I think Brian has had a huge influence just on how coverage is handled. Um, like, one of the things that Brian has been a real champion on is sort of the stories of the people. Um, that one of the ideas is that... that uh, Brian has, has been a huge champion of is one of the ways to make people care about the Pro Tour is to make people care about the people at the Pro Tour. And Brian has done a huge amount to really, um, I mean, humanize is the wrong word because they're humans, but to really, um, to really, you know, um, put a face and, and, and a personality to people. Uh, Gavin talked a lot about this uh, in his tweet today. He had a little tweet thread about how... Um, Gavin was explaining how he really felt that he got nurtured by Brian, that Brian really went out of his way early on to put him at ease in his early events where he was real nervous. And, you know, Brian was the one that first got him a feature match and really did a lot to sort of bring Gavin to the world stage. Uh, And Gavin felt like a lot of what would come later for him, you know, working at Wizards and stuff, came from that profile. And a lot of that profile came from Brian. And so um, Gavin was thanking him a lot for sort of being this platform that helped launch, you know, sort of Gavin, if you, if you will, into the magic world. And what Gavin had said, which I think is so true, is that he, he's done that for so many different players. That there's a lot of players that you know because Brian and other people like Brian, but really spent time and energy crafting the stories of who these people were. And whether that was writing it or interviews or, you know, whatever the means 
that is something that um, that he's been a big part of. Um, the other part that Brian has been a big part of is I think that he and Randy were the longest pair doing commentary. Like, one of the ways early commentary worked back when I did commentary is I liked having a color guy and a, um, a play-by-play guy. And normally, the, the play-by-play was somebody who just knew the rules really well, knew the cards really well, and the color was somebody who had been a pro player. Um, and so in that matchup, Randy did color and Brian did play-by-play. Um, and they were a really good team. And I, I think that watching over the years, you know, a lot of, I think a lot of the way commentary, you know, just like Brian had a big influence on how coverage worked and how tournaments worked, I also believe he had a big influence in sort of how coverage was done. Um, there's a certain sensibility that he brought to it that I thought was really not just professional, but made it very friendly, that made Brian very approachable. Um, that I think that's something that he really sort of, um, you know, put the, sort of marked how it, you know, really set the standard, I guess, maybe, is the best word for it. Um, And after, uh, you know, there's a while where Brian did a lot of commentary with Rich. Um, They were were a pair for quite a while. Um, And so, you know, like, one of the things that I'm hoping to do today is that I don't know if the average person, like, I hope most of you know who Brian David Marshall is, that I'm not just naming names you've never heard of before. Um, but his influence and the way he's affected things, uh, it's pretty broad. Like I said, I, I honestly believe that he's had a big impact on stores, on organized play, on coverage, on commentary. Um, you know, it is somebody who's really had a big influence on matching. And once again, I don't want to... It's not like... I don't want this to be a eulogy. It's not like Brian has died or anything. Um, like I said, we've not seen the last of Brian. I'm sure we'll hear podcasts from him. I'm sure he will show up at the occasional uh, Pro Tour. And you know, I'm sure that he will still be involved in magic. Magic is too much part of his blood for Brian to disappear from magic. Um, but he is stepping down from sort of the, the means by which most people see him, which is his role uh, doing coverage and stuff. Um, so anyway, that, that's what inspired me to do this. And... Um, like I said, I, I am a giant fan of Pro Tour history, of Magic history in general, but of, of Pro Tour history specifically. Um, and Brian's probably the only person I've met that rivals uh, and probably, I think, surpasses on the Pro Tour level. Um, you know, like I, at one point, I was, I was the utmost number one authority in Pro Tour history, and Brian is definitely past me. I, I might maybe still take the realm of Magic history, uh, but Brian has definitely surpassed me on Pro Tour history. Um, and like I said, he's become a staple for so many years at the Pro Tour. And really, um, it is, hopefully at the point of today's show, it's just a tip of the hat. Um, one of the things that I, I, I probably should do more of is more acknowledgement of individual people. Um, there are a lot of people that have had a big role on Magic. And I don't think the average person necessarily knows a lot of them. Um, like, one of the things about being a high-profile guy is everyone just assumes I do everything. Uh, but the reality is, no, I, I mean, I, I do the things I do, but there's a lot of people that do a lot of it. And so, one of the things I'm curious, by the way, is um, would you like to have more podcasts about individual people? Um, that's a, a little, sorry, I'm, let me finish up with Brian, but uh, a, a thought as I'm, 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 I'm nearing work here. Um, so, let's say this about Brian, which is... Um, I've always been a giant fan of Brian. 
Uh, drafting with Brian has always been a blast. Um, I really love his passion for the game. I really feel that he, you know, every time he and I have interacted and worked together, it's always been great. Um, he's wonderful to work with, and, you know, I'm, I'm glad that uh, I've had a lot of opportunities to interact with him. Uh, like I said, I don't think we've seen Blasphemy or anything. Um, but this is just a shout-out to all the awesome things he's done, and I don't know if the average person knows the amount of, the volume, you know. Like, when I talk about him doing coverage at Pro Tours, you know, we're going back to, you know, 95, 96. Like, we're going back over 20 years. So, Brian has been involved in the Pro Tour from, I think, the very beginning or very, very close to the very beginning. Um, and there's not a lot of people you could say that were involved with Magic, you know, year one or year two that are right now involved with, with Pro Tour Magic. That, there's not a lot of people that can say that. And so, um, Brian is one of a few. And um, anyway, I, uh, this is just a, a tip of the hat to Brian. And for those, by the way, that have never, who don't know who Brian is, I'm going to say, A... Uh, go on our website uh, and search for Brian David Marshall. He, he writes articles quite a bit. And he writes articles, I believe, on other websites too. Um, but search out his articles. He's a great writer. Uh, if you want to see a lot of stuff he's written. Uh, he does podcasts, Top 8 Podcasts. Uh, sorry, Top 8 Magic. Um, he and uh, Mike Flores do a podcast, which they've been doing forever. Um, you can listen to some of his podcasts. Um, some of his coverage also, I, I believe, on Twitch. I think you can go back and watch some of his coverage, uh, some of his interviews and his coverage. Um, there's tons and tons of material. If you don't know who Brian is, you can go read him. You can listen to him. You can watch him. Um, he's left an indelible mark on, on, on Magic history and ma- the Magic Pro Tour especially. Um, so for those that might not know him, hey, go check him out. Uh, and for those that do, hopefully this was a little, I don't know, a, 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 a jaunt down memory lane. Um, like I said, I, I, uh, it's funny how much interaction I've had with Brian. And when I go back to try to remember like some early things, like I, I'm curious to hear from Brian, whether or not I I was right. Like the the visit was during the gathering. That's what I think it was. Um, it was one of my early trips to New York for magic. Um, anyway, I, I, that's my best guess. I believe that is correct. Um, at some point I'll hear from Brian. I'm sure at some point I've said stuff here and Brian will go, no, no, no. Actually, and he'll correct four things I said that were slightly off, uh, which it sounds like the thing Brian would do as, as a historian. Um, once again, as I'm, I'm just driving up to work right now, um, what do you guys think of me doing more people? I really, I did a podcast on um, Chris Rush when he died. Uh, but other than Chris Rush, I don't know I've done other podcasts on people. Um, is this something you'd like, would you, do you like me hearing me talking about people? Um, I mean, I've told stories of the Pro Tour and stuff, so I mean, I've, I've talked about people in my stories, but uh, do you like the idea of a more concentrated podcast all about a person? Is that something? And anyway, uh, I, uh, like I said, I'm, I've done a lot of podcasts, so I'm, I'm extrapolating and trying new things, and I'm kind of curious what you guys think. Uh, and if you like the idea of more people, let me know. If you're like, no, don't do that, let me know as well. Um, but anyway, uh, I'm trying to think any final thoughts here. I'm... I'm Sitting at stoplight, almost at Wizards. Um, I don't know. Uh, I guess the final thing I will say, my final sort of uh, nod to Brian, is um, the. I really appreciate um, just the friendship over the years, the warmth of the years. Um, it's someone you know. Who, whenever I see, no matter how much time has passed, 
uh, as always, very a, a friendly welcome. And uh, it's funny because we want, we might not see each other for a, a, a bit at a time, just because I'm not going to Pro Tours anymore. Um, but it's always a friendly uh, welcome and embrace whenever I see him. So um, anyway, Brian, I'm sad to hear that you are retiring, but I know you're going on to do other awesome things. I'm excited to see what those are. Uh, and like I said, I I know this is not the last of us. Uh, I know the end of Chris's podcast, I was in tears because it was sad to lose Chris. We're not losing Brian. Brian is not disappearing from magic. I, I know that. So um, anyway, I'm sure I will see Brian. I'll see you around. Um, anyway, I hope you guys enjoyed today's podcast. Like I said, um, Brian has been a wonderful addition uh, to Magic's family. And I, I believe that he has had an influence on lots of things, even if you've been unaware of all the things that he has had influence on. Um so anyway, tip of the hat, and like I said, go read, go read, go listen, go watch. Uh, Brian has a whole wealth of work that is all available to you. Please go, go give it a, a, a glance. Anyway, I'm now at work, so we all know what that means. It means this is the end of my drive to work. So instead of talking magic, it's time for me to be making magic. I'll see you guys next time. Bye-bye. <laughs>